I think it's four times in the last two weeks that we've heard this gospel passage. We had it on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. We had it as a normal, just regular weekday gospel a few days ago. And here again on this fourth Sunday of Advent, this great scene of the Annunciation. So on the calendar, this was nine months ago where this took place on March 25th. But this foundational text for us as disciples of Christ, as those who unite ourselves with the chosen people of the Old Testament, especially during this season of Advent, as we join in that great expectation, that anticipation, the waiting for the fulfillment of the promise, and this great interaction, this beautiful interaction between the angel and our Blessed Mother. Hail, full of grace. Hail, you who from the very beginning was filled with grace, who right now is filled with grace, who always will be filled with grace. You, the chosen one, will be the mother of the promised Messiah from that line of David. The king, the one who we heard in the first reading, had done the work with cooperation with God, of course, had quieted their enemies, had united the tribes, and had established the kingdom. And we know from our Old Testament history the role that the mother of the king played almost equal to the king with the power and the majesty. This is the scene that's being set with our Blessed Mother. But her response, how can this be? I've already made a a, a vow, a lifelong vow of virginity. How is it that I'm going to do this? I can't wait to see what God's going to do. It's one way we can maybe interpret her question. She was probably, most more certainly, aware of the prophecy that the virgin would, would bear a child. So we can imagine the excitement bubbling up inside of her. How can this be? How can this be? The great work that God does in her, did in her life and does in the lives of his disciples. As St. Paul told us in that second reading, works in secret. Maybe another or a better interpretation would be he works in silence. And so the silence that Mother Church has invited us into these last few weeks in preparation, a silence of pondering what God was going to do and how he would fulfill the promises. That in in a way, we will suspend our knowledge of what happens and open ourselves up to be surprised by God. Anticipating this great encounter. This encounter that that King David had had in in some way, in some veiled way, 
And in his pondering, he realized it didn't really make sense that he, as the king, was dwelling in a palace, but God was assigned to a tent off to the side. He desired a great dwelling place for God in the midst of the people. His desire to have God amongst his people was met by God's desire to be with his people. And this is what the prophet told David, that you won't build me a house. We know his son will. But the message of the prophet to David was that God will dwell with you forever. That your kingdom, your lineage would last forever. That God desires to be with you. He chose you and he wants to be with you. But we know for 600 years, maybe more, the, there was no real king on that throne. And so how could we sing the glory of God, the fulfillment of his covenant promises that we had in a responsorial psalm? How could this be true if there's no king? So centuries of waiting and pondering and hoping. But also we know centuries of sin and forgetfulness and idolatry and infidelity all pointing to this encounter with our Blessed Mother in the Gospel. This great question, this great proposal to angel, uh, from the angel Gabriel to our Blessed Mother. We've heard that, that phrase, what it would have been like to be a fly on the wall during that conversation. Usually it's done because there was something kind of juicy that happened. We would like to get the details. But to be a fly on the wall between this encounter between Gabriel and our Blessed Mother, there are countless artistic representations of this scene. And the more ancient the depiction it seems as though we can say the more reverence we see in the posture of the angel towards our Blessed Mother. Kneeling, the angel's kneeling in prostration. And usually our Blessed Mother is humbly sitting, usually reading a book, the sacred scriptures. And this angel knew the glory and which was in front of him. And he makes the proposal and he waits for the answer. A couple of weeks ago, Bishop Polmeyer visited our parish and he was here for the school mass and then he went to visit the school and he visited our eighth graders who were preparing for confirmation. So he had a kind of open floor question and answer with them. And one of the students asked him, how do you prepare to be a bishop? What did you have to do? He said, well, unlike becoming a priest, which takes years of discernment and even more years of study, to become a bishop, it takes the amount of time to say yes when the Holy See calls. A, almost a split-second decision. 
How did Mary prepare for this? And what was that like? What was it like in that gap of time and that pause? We can imagine some of the movies that we've seen where an episode takes place and then time seems to stop and the the actors you see inside their minds all these things from the past that have kind of led up to this moment. Or maybe they can look into the future and see what's going to happen depending on how I respond to this, this proposal. We can imagine how time seems to stop for the woman who's proposed to when her boyfriend is on his knee in front of her asking for her hand in marriage. How it seems as though everything stops and dependent upon that answer. And we probably all have in our mind a, a, sport, a sporting event, whether it's a baseball game and will he catch the home run or will he make the home run and win the game or the, the Hail Mary pass. Will he, will he catch that pass and win the game? We've seen it in real life and we've seen it in movies. How so much depends on this one moment, this one event, this one answer. Can we imagine the supernatural, eternal, universal consequences of this conversation between Mary and Gabriel. One of the doctors of the church who lived in the 1100s, St. Bernard of Clairvaux, pondered this scene. And this is what he said. You have heard, O virgin, that you will conceive and bear a son, and the angel awaits an answer. We too are waiting for your word of compassion, For the sentence of condemnation weighs heavily upon us. The price of our salvation has been offered to you. We shall be set free if you say yes. Tearful Adam begs this of you, O loving virgin. Abraham begs it. David begs it. All the patriarchs ask it of you, for they dwell in the shadow of death. On your word depends the comfort for the wretched, wretched, ransom for the captive, freedom for the condemned. Indeed, salvation for all the sons of Adam depend on your answer. Answer quickly, O virgin. Reply in haste. Answer with the word. Receive the word. Speak your own word and conceive the divine word. Breathe a passing word and embrace the eternal word. Why do you delay? Why are you afraid? Open your heart to faith, your lips to praise, your womb to the Creator. All of history was waiting for this answer, waiting for Mary to give her consent for the Word of God, our Lord and Savior, to be conceived in her womb. All those who came before her were waiting in the shadow of death, But as we know in our faith, our liturgy, it's not just things that happened in the past, but things that happen now. And the Lord is waiting for your answer this morning. This year, Advent is short. You have only a few more hours left. Are you prepared to give your answer to this invitation?
to let Christ be born in you. Because Adam and David and the patriarchs are waiting, there are members of your own family who are waiting for your answer. There are members in on your neighborhood, at your workplace, at school, who are waiting for your answer to this question, will you bring Christ into the world today? They were waiting in darkness, and so many people in our world today are waiting in darkness. Christ is waiting for your answer. Our Lady so beautifully said, I am the servant of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to your word. Ask her. Ask her for the strength, for the grace, for the courage to say the same. Yes, Lord, I'm ready. Be it done unto me according to your word. Amen.